So yes, I didn't get up at 9.45 like Phil, but um, you'll notice I didn't get up much earlier than that because of the notes in the script. They're pretty, you know, general. So I trust y'all. <laughs> These pop-ups, they're like, whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I have to like prepare. <laughs> Anywho. All right. I didn't, I didn't even watch the movie. Prepare. <laughs> 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 Philip's hot take. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> well, wow, guys, this is cool. Oh, so that's oh. what happened. Okay, yeah. Cool. Hello, and welcome to a new popsicle pop up. This is an irregular series where the popsicle team breaks down stories that we, for whatever reason, just couldn't resist talking about. Basically, it means that one or more of us is dying to talk about something new because we liked it that much. Today's Popsicle pop-up is about the new film, The Menu, directed by, by Mark Milog, written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. And, you know, as always, spoiler uh, alerts, warnings, um, specifically, I'm going to want to talk about the ending of this movie. So if you do not want to talk about that yet, um, you know, put us on pause, tuck us away in a nice little place, warm and cozy, and then come back to us a little bit later. Um, I am Claire Thorne, and today I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Justin Penniston. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Claire. Philip Kelly. Hey. How's it going? You're, are you awake, Philip? Uh, I, I'm at a point where I'm going to be either so much fun because I'm not quite awake enough yet or have nothing to say because I'm not good. awake enough yet. We'll, <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> it's good for us to be prepared for wherever you are this morning. Either eventuality. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either eventuality. And finally, Lisa K. Weber. Yay. Good Hello. morning, Lisa. Good morning. She's doing the NPR voice, guys. She's giving us good. I'm trying vibe. to go soft because, you know, everybody seemed to like that when I signed on. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. So, um, so we all um, watched the menu kind of randomly this week. Well, not randomly. I mean, it dropped on HBO Max. So that, you know, is something telling us to do something. Um, but yeah, we watched it. And then we were all on, you know, the text chat going, hey, have you seen the menu yet? <laughs> and uh, so here we are now. And I just want to uh, start off by saying I was kind of completely taken aback by this movie because silly me, I thought I knew what I was getting in for watching the trailer. And I was fine to get into what I thought I was getting into in the trailer, but it became very quickly apparent that we were doing something very different. And so I'm very interested to hear everybody's initial reactions to the movie. Hot takes I up front wanna, as you would. Yeah. I want to hear from Justin first, actually, because he's the one among us having worked many years in the service industry. In mm. So Indeed. I want to, I want him to go first. <laughs> um, well, Why wasn't there an open bar? I get that they're serving wine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I, I went into the movie I knowing because the HBO Max blurb says horror satire, you know, and so I was like, oh, OK, you know, not what I was expecting. 
I'm sorry, Justin. You read about things before you watch. <laughs> no, them? no, the, the HBO <laughs> Max blurb. The genre you know when, when just you, the blurb. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, even yeah. read the blurb. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I my eyes <laughs> cannot not take that in. Do you know what uh, I'm saying? Sure. Um, and I, my wife and I love food television, and we kind of like getting into, you know being a little more foodie and we laugh at each other when one of us says something stupid like depth of flavor you know what i'm saying <laughs> like like so that whole thing is so it's kind of like this movie you know felt kind of right up our alley you know um and i was not expecting it to be as batshit crazy as it was but i found it utterly satisfying you know when you're in the service industry when you get to somehow give it back to a problem guest, and there are so many different types of problem guests, do you know what I'm saying? But when you get to somehow give it back, it's so satisfying. You know, it really is. Um, and I, you know, I've had, I mean, I worked in the service industry for 30 years. So I had a few of those moments over my time. Um, but, you know, there are so many different kinds of annoying people. And to see them get their comeuppance in this was just delightful. I didn't feel bad for a single person. But, <laughs> you know, the only person I felt, you know, any like, I, I did, I was on Anya Taylor-Joy's side. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I be, and even before I found out that she was in the quote-unquote service industry. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> in the service industry with a capital S. Um, but... I liked, I, I really responded to the the sort of camaraderie between her and Ray Fiennes, you know, even though he was her, uh, you know, nemesis in a way. I, I found this that film completely and totally satisfying. I was, I really enjoyed it. It made me laugh. It delighted me. It surprised me. It was like... I don't know if it's for everybody the way it is for me, but I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, um, I haven't worked firsthand in the service industry, but so many people that I am, that I hold so close and dear to my heart have spent a significant part of their lives working in service industry. So it's like, I, I understand the language a little bit more, um, but not, I mean, not firsthand. So, um, and I watched it with my housemates, one of whom is those near and dear people who works in service. And not only does she work in service, but she's also like a total foodie. And so we were, she was laughing at and like, like at the movie, but, and all the everything that was going on but she was also laughing kind of like at herself because she totally talks like that too and um like you know about food and all that um but even just for like my own my own just watching it for myself as someone who isn't connected directly to the service industry just as a movie in and of itself it was really really good <laughs> like just really solid and it's like I love a black comedy because you know me I'm I'm way up on that existential shit I love black comedies for being able to like you know point at the absurdity of existence um and you know 
so for this to be this kind of black comedy horror, which like I've also gotten really into horror in the last couple of years, just because I think I mean really well made horror, um, not schlocky, but like really well made shit like this that's like really thoughtful. Um, I just it just was hitting a lot of buttons for me, um, and. Yeah, because I'm like, anytime you can make me laugh while horrific things are happening, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I oh, thought I... Anya Taylor-Joy was the perfect final girl in this, mm. you know, yeah, like yeah. Um, she she played it all. She played all sides really, really well um, so that by the end I was you know i was breathless by the end and like yeah. so so glad for her her method of escape you know yeah tell it uh i i had finished the film last night around you know like eight or something there's a line of dialogue i was forgetting from the beginning so i went back to watch the first like 10 minutes and ended up just watching the whole thing a second time through uh <laughs> Cause I, I just really liked it that much. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, have worked in retail, which is, you know, having to count. <laughs> it's own special nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It comes so, with like, yeah, yeah, retail yeah. comes with its own stuff. Yeah, it does. It does. So I, I mean, I, I haven't done like the, uh, the service industry stuff, but I've certainly worked. Retail is the it's same. It's pretty close. Different. It's pretty, yeah. pretty close. You know, it's the, it's the, it's the, the sister to, you know, the big brother yeah. over there um yeah uh and uh you, you know yeah it's so funny because um i kept thinking of, of the about the movie pig with nicholas cage which is absolutely brilliant and kind of crazy as well in a, in a very different way uh but connecting to the the side of this film that's about art uh for me was like a really big kind of uh thing about how someone is you know spends their entire lives crafting something and that, that that whole story arc throughout the film really sort of uh stuck with me um or and, and stuck with me both times and seeing that that uh especially within ray fine's character that sort of broken artist just like who's <laughs> like not really not really a person anymore because they've given so much to have been shat upon so much um that 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 part of the film aspect of the film really spoke to me and and all the food stuff was funny and so much fun and everything but there was a that aspect or element of it um uh, uh when you said uh velvet uh buzzsaw um yeah Lisa, i was like oh okay <laughs> and, then, and so i yeah. went into the film with that kind of in my mind uh a little bit um and yeah it, it, in some ways it is like that and it and so yeah, just, just that to, way that everyone. Sorry to. Yeah, sorry no, to, it's okay. Yeah, I no. jump in. Yeah. just super. Just like to talk about the Velvet Buzzsaw because I was getting pinged on Midsummer and Velvet Buzzsaw sure. a lot while watching this and um, Velvet Buzzsaw because it's like, well, that was about the industry I work in, which is art, right? <laughs> and so it was like that same kind of like how other people dictate what your art means for other people you know what I mean mm -hmm. that and that it becomes like suddenly like people want to come in and say that your art isn't subjective anymore that 
they get to define what it means for other people. And that was happening so much in this movie too. Yeah. Right, right. Even to the point where like people would just for, forget about the food, like literally, like uh, when everybody's questioning and what have you eaten here in the 11 times you've been here? Name one, you know, there's the this uh, sort of dis or, or not dismissal, but um, just lack of care or lack of uh, interest in what the person is actually putting in front of you and doing. And, and uh, it, it, well, yeah. it's doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. this, these people have gone 11 times and they haven't, they obviously haven't gone for the food. Yeah. They've gone to say they've been able to go. They've gone for the prestige. Right. You know right. what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah. And, and it's, I feel uniquely qualified in a way to talk about this. And I, I mean, us as a group, because we are creators discussing and criticizing. You know what I mean? We know what it means to create something and have it be judged once it's outside of your control, you know? And we know what, we kind of know the heartbreak, that tiny little heartbreak you feel when someone, you know, critics who are only critics are kind of like it's kind of like taking Tai Bo and thinking you can fight. You know what I mean? Like it's you know, and and it's so disheartening, you know what I mean? And so like the scene where he makes Nicholas Holt cook. Oh god. Oh, man. Uh, the number of times I've wanted to say, why don't you write some shit? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And it's just. Yeah. Oh, my it's, goodness. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I, it, that was very satisfying. And I think anyone who creates anything that can be considered art will find something in this film. I mean, I can't help but wonder how much for the writers it was about food and how much it was about film and film criticism. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And about any the, art, any the art. rotten tomatoes era, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You could plug, you can plug anything into the actual, you know, MacGuffin of the story, like the food or the art or the music or the whatever it is. It's very interesting because my husband and I watched this and then last night we are, and then we watched Tar like the night after. Ooh, um, know, and that was a very interesting comparison because they're both about very uh egocentric personalities who believe that they are the like arbiter of defining what what the perfection is i guess um as well so yeah it, it that was very interesting to me and it's talking about the getting back at you know all of the people who all of these horrible people <laughs> horrible consumers and my my service industry story is that i worked for too many years um at a national park um and and so it was just every single day was um having to deal with people who felt a level of entitlement to the thing that they were coming to see that like they would ask me to literally change the weather or give them their money back about something because nature was not performing the way like Disneyland does, right? Like they expected to be able to come 
out into, you know, the world and everything would be what they thought was the correct thing for them to get for their money always, all the time. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I think the thing that threw me, like the, the moment I was like, really like, oh, okay, this is going to be something entirely different and, and unexpected, um, was the fact that so early on we're told exactly what's going to happen, exactly what this, you know, the, the chef's intention is. He didn't, you know, at a certain point, he's just like, this is what's going to happen and we're all going to die. And <laughs> I, it's interesting to me that he includes himself in that um, because I think it's a statement about, you know, there's all of this um, misunderstanding and uh, entitled uh, uh, approach to what he creates. And he very rightfully feels um, insulted by how people have taken what he's given them. But at the same time, he has continued to feed into, like he's created this whole habitat where everything is catering to this sense of, of, of separation in terms of, and I think that, you know, once we get to the cheeseburger part, you know, that's what, uh, where we're brought back to like, okay, here's, here's equally good food, right? You know, I'm sure his cheeseburger is equally as high, um, in terms of, of quality and art and, you know, just care and all of those things. Um, but it definitely he's, looked like the perfect. It really did. It, it, it really good. There is only correctness <laughs> yes. right. happening with that burger. <laughs> right. Right. But he's also, you know, <laughs> the reason why he includes himself, this isn't a murder scenario. This isn't, we're going to hunt down all of the horrible, uh, you know, customers, um, but it was a suicide story, um, suicide packed story. It, it, I think speaks to that. Like he recognizes that he has fed into this. He has, he has succumbed and capitulated all of his, his standards and morals and. And well, not, and more than that, is there any more perfect example of entitlement taken too far than sexually harassing someone who has rebuffed your advances. Yeah. You know, and him oh, accepting. Man, I fucking loved that part. That was so good. That he. I that so much. <laughs> well, I, lo- I loved it because it wasn't something, it wasn't about that. You know what I'm saying? It was about the entitlement and it was about him knowing he had to pay for what he'd done, you know, and knowing that he'd done wrong. And I really, really appreciated that. And my biggest regret about the movie is that the woman he harassed didn't have a slightly larger role. Sure. Yeah. We didn't see her. Well, but see, I think that's very purposeful because in addition to addressing like the whole sexual harassment thing in the restaurant industry or wherever else, it it's also showing us this culture of, of uh, worship 
like you know all of it. he he the bad guy is refined but he's got this like you know, his minions right like he's it's all and there none of them have a distinct personality except for the hostess right mm. and they're all just kind of doing whatever he says and i think it's very very interesting that the woman who stabs him in the junk for sexually harassing her is the woman who decided that everybody should die and that she is willingly participating. She is still as involved in the, the, the worship and culty nature of their, you know, relationship. And she's still drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like she's very interesting. I think, and I, I think, love that the like women brought everybody. Oh, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I love that that whole scene was played out, separating the men and the women, and that the women went back into the table to like have this reactionary discussion about mm-hmm. that. It, that was a lot of fun. Anyway, yeah, Philip. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Someone was going to say something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Philip, Lisa, fight it out. <laughs> I was just going to say that I think. Well, one of the things I think. She stabbed him in the thigh, like yeah. to, to, to get the yeah. kind of mirror he At first, I thought it was his, the junk, though. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too at first, but too, it, but yeah, it sort it of reflects his, him, his dad getting stabbed in the thigh as well. It was the oh. sort of mirror that. He had, I feel like he, that's really dangerous. Like there's a big artery there, but there okay, is a big yeah, anyway. There. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. dangerous. It could, yeah. it could have killed him. Um, yeah. And early. I was, I was just going to say that it's like, I, as far as everybody, everybody kind of going with him like all the staff going with him. I mean, I think it's important that we got that beginning look at what their lives were. It really was a cult, like everybody sleeping in this, you know, modified barn together. Like it, it looked exactly like a cult. So yeah, of course they were all drinking Kool-Aid and they were all kind of going on this journey with him as far as like, Oh, the, it makes sense for us to do this. I mean, look how look. But how. I also wanted to note really quickly what um, Justin was saying about like this kind of like this journey that he's gone on, um, where he's come to this place where it's like it's my kind of moral obligation to do this based on what has happened to me and my art you know what I mean and that and how that kind of ties a little bit in this weird way to the John Leguizamo character yes and like the reveal of like him being there because of like he's this perfect example of like he made every artistic sacrifice to be a movie star you know what I mean um to the point where it was like the reason he got invited was because um, Julian had spent his day off watching this horrible movie that he had made. (laughs) And I thought that that was genius in that it was like, in that he could recognize himself in this horrible movie that that this bad actor made. That it's like, oh, that's, that's me that's what I've done. I've sacrificed and sacrificed Mm -hmm. my art to please this, you know, hoity-toity schmancy conglomerate who who decides what my work means to the greater world, you know? 
And so I find it kind of fascinating that it's like, he's up here, like on this, everyone's looking at him, like he's on this higher level, but he can see he's actually on the same level as the John Leguizamo character. Um, and that they're both making soulless art, you know? And then I was really, really impressed with how, you know, how it's all woven together. But Anya Taylor-Joy sees the picture the pictures in his home and the only picture where he looks happy where he looks really happy is getting an employee of the month award at a burger joint <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and like and for us to to see and there's like there's this sort of confession there's nothing if you want to make great popcorn movies or if you want to make great things that just you know it doesn't have to be fancy ass bergamo infused blah 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 you know there's something there's something there's elegance and simplicity in a simple humble cheeseburger you know and there's joy in creating that and there's joy in making people that pe- things that people like that everyone likes you know and and i really appreciated that the movie didn't have to tell us that that we, yeah. they showed us him looking happy in that well, picture i, I and, think the, i think the key there is there is joy in creating something for somebody with whom you've actually had communication. Absolutely. Right. Like he's listened to her and he's, and she's not dictated, like she's given her order, right? Like she said, this is, this is what I want. And he's taken that and interpreted it and given it back, but there's communication going on. There's no, the the whole setup that he has there, this whole experience of this, you will come in and dine the way, you know, I'm asking you to dine and, and you will experience what I'm telling you, you should experience. There's no, there's no humanity in that. There's no communication back and forth, at least in this scenario. Right. I'm sure. Well, I think I I hear exactly what you're saying and you're not wrong. And that, but that's not an indictment on a chef's menu. Do you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. But it's it's an indictment. I don't think what you're, that's what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm, I'm saying there's an indictment on the way this particular experience has been created and, you know, kudos to him for recognizing it. Um, It, he, he goes full tilt with the solution as he does, I'm sure with everything else in his endeavors, it would be so fascinating to get a backstory and watch this guy's just like a little montage where we can see his progression from the happy burger chef to, I think, to this I guy. think the pictures did it perfectly. It. I think oh, we yeah, got no, it yeah. in the pictures. Yeah, I think it was yeah. perfect. Uh, and I really appreciate that they set up all of that so well with him reacting to Anya Taylor's joy refusal to eat the food. Yeah. Like in his reaction yeah. to that, you know what I mean? And that was the crack, you know, through which she was able to wiggle and get her way out of there, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I, I thought this was a really seamless, well-made film, just mm-hmm. a, a delight and a surprise. And it, it could have just been about, the menu and these people being hunted and killed and things like that which is how the trailer sold it yeah the, the absolutely. fact that the, the fact that they were able to explore multiple characters to the degree they did or that they went that direction and did that was i mean strong storytelling yeah really strong storytelling yeah. you know it, it, and it's great. Uh, and like strong storytelling because it takes a writer a director and performers 
to make to, that to, happen. To that. It takes mm-hmm. a crew well, when working, I, you know. When I saw who the that. producers were, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were producers. In my mind, I was like, I wonder if Will Ferrell at one point in time was like, this could be a vehicle for me playing the chef. And just how that film would have looked so very different in tone and comedy. Well, probably still touching on a lot of the same things. But uh, uh, just to, to like Ray Fiennes brought he was wonderful so, so much, so much yeah. to this. So oh little God, mini nuances, little moments in in gen- genuinely like a film like this doesn't get that kind of performance. And it, it just shows that this last year within the horror industry, something was going on that none of us could see. But everybody was like, uh, uh, you know what? This pandemic, <laughs> Let's, well, we're going to treat this horror with some, we're going to treat what's going on right now with some real gravitas. And yeah, I mean, what he does is, is remarkable. It if really there's is. anybody who can just sell a performance solely based on whether he's smiling or not, like, and how he's smiling and the emotion that we feel just when he just barely cracks that satisfied while he's cooking the burger, mm-hmm. his facial expression was just like, oh, okay, there's. There's a human being there. I, oh my I want, god! <laughs> I, I I I like teared up the first time watching it last night during that sequence. Shocking! And the second time, I was like, I was like crying, and I I, I was shocked too. I, I wish was, that uh, felt special. I, <laughs> I, I, I wish that. I wish that. The, the only time I ever talk, the only time I ever really cry is during like a good point in a movie or TV show. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just. You know what I mean? I know. I know. But I. Like I was surprised. I there was something about his performance in those scenes and the connection the two of them made, uh, that that finally cracked through to some level of humanity that was still there. Yeah. With, what, what really, where it really struck me was not not so much in the cooking experience, mm-hmm. although I I took that in and I felt that, but really what moved me was when he realized when she asked, "Can I get this to go?" Yeah. And the look on yeah. his face mm-hmm. when he realized, you know, he was like. She's giving me an opportunity to redeem myself in some small way, not just through the making of this cheeseburger, but through letting her go. And he takes it. And it was like, it was so so spot on. I I want to put it real quick. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, go ahead, Lisa, because I wanted to ask another question and transition a little bit to something else, but go. Cause you're okay. Well, maybe this will help the transition. Okay, I don't good. know, but I just like in talking about performances and talking about all the characters, I also just want to call out Judith light mm-hmm. for that tiny little yeah. like, hand motion yes. she it's gave like to that. her at the end as she was leaving, like girl, you earned it. Go. <laughs> yeah. Don't and, worry about yeah. us. And, and more We've than accepted that, her. like she, she was like at least, and it was like in that moment, it was like you could see this character has at least accepted her own fate here, and that it's like I, I loved that little tiny moment so much. And her, yeah, her role just kind of stuck off in the darkest corner of the room, and she did so much just like quiet acting in that space over there where she's not. She's hardly ever the point of like actual, like the camera's actually on her and her alone. Yeah. It took she a was long amazing. time for me to recognize that it was her. Yeah. Like, same with my wife. Like, I mean, I caught it instantly, but yeah, my, same with my wife. Yeah. It took me like, she was like, holy crap, that's was a few scenes light. before yeah. I realized that it was her. I was like, oh, I did not see that. The thing I really liked about that moment too 
was because I mean, and the reason why she had to be there in my mind was because she has quietly and knowingly enabled her husband's bullshit all this time. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, like she understood it ain't about you, girl. You, yeah. she knows what happened. You know, she knows how her husband knows her now. You know, and she was like, "Ain't about you, girl." You know, you're not at fault. Go. You know, so it was this act of, yeah, like you say, it was her understanding. You know, and I think all the characters kind of understood why they had to go in that because it was really interesting because they were all on fire and none of them were suffering. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like it was <laughs> they, they all it had this look got, of acceptance. They were know? all just sitting there got accepting the, their fate at that you, point. You got the yeah. Indiana Jones shot instead of the face <laughs> melting, the chocolate was melting over. Yeah, the chocolate yeah. exactly. Which I, which I loved. I was like, if that is a reference to Indiana Jones, I'm happy. And it was uh, hilarious because I immediately thought of Game of Thrones and the whole gold uh oh right in the crown of gold like yeah. melting in the fact that this was chocolate and half of them were like tasting it before they um, well, there, it's just so just, great uh, there, there are two things that i mean justin you you like there early on in the film one of the first things uh ray finds character says the chef says is uh one of the elements of the evening is forgiveness which I thought was really an interesting thing to throw in there that by the end of the film we did to some degree see some of those elements sneak in that there was some level of forgiveness between either characters forgiving themselves for mm-hmm. the, and I think that's where some of that sort of because he also says any of you could have put more up of, of a fight during this night and you didn't mm-hmm. and really ask yourself why and I think that's a really also interesting question that as an audience you can sit there and you know how all now by the end of the film all how all these people are involved or why they're there like they're all at a point too, I imagine where they're just an empty shell of maybe who they were like they have they're they're so corroded as people and they're so uh uh this like pedestal that they put themselves on and they've all left a part of themselves behind and so mm-hmm. to a degree they all deserve this sort of you know fire rebirth by fire that he's talking about it's, it's mm-hmm. just a really there's yeah the, the dialogue in this film as far as enlightening the film itself is so spot on you know kind of what to look for as you're watching it's great great i i have been tremendously influenced by sharing a conversation space with philip over the last year plus um because i find myself like looking back through still shots of mm-hmm. all of these different scenes and how this room is set up and connecting it with like other like really fascinating um visual setups that like it it carries notes of the rope which is all kind of it's told in just one space and this movie even though we we have other scenes you know here and there with different locales you really do feel like the this movie takes place in one space one room um and the visuals of that are like you know i mentioned judith light feeling like she's off in this you know dark corner of the room and the different perspectives is you're looking from the kitchen out and then from the dining room into the kitchen and how controlled the space is i just thought it was fascinating um and not one dutch angle no well, thankfully no, no but yeah. but they were they were you could really pick out and point and, and feel the moments where they go handheld with the camera 
or where mm-hmm. they go in for a real close up because the most of the film is shot in sort of me- very still medium shots, uh, sometimes wide shots, but usually it's very medium sort of shots uh, on the actors until real high moments of either personal in- intensity or, you know, intensity with what's happening, you know, in the situation itself. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, that handheld comes out, it's on, you know, it's on yeah. fire. It's really good, really good camp, really well thought out. Yes. Um, I want to pose a question that um, from something that I saw online. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, as you will. But I thought it was a very interesting thing um, that was questioning whether or not Margot slash Aaron really does make it out. Because the ending is very abrupt. And this person connected something that I had frankly forgotten about. And once I thought of it, I'm like, yeah, that was a big thing at the beginning of the movie as the hostess is bringing all of the guests in. They stop and have a fairly long conversation about how the beef is treated for a certain number of days. And then she gives a very abrupt you know, description of what would happen to someone if they ate the beef like one day off of where hmm. it should be and where else do we have like i was thinking about that and they connected it of course to aaron being on the boat escaping on the boat but the boat not having enough fuel to get to its destination which seems purposeful <laughs> in some way did they and, show that did they show an empty fuel gauge i didn't notice that. yeah yeah I she the boat stops and she i thought yeah. she stopped I thought she. No, no, yeah. I think the boat runs out of. I believe so. I don't think she stops on purpose. Oh, I thought that she did. I, I, I'll, I'll go back and look as well. But yeah, but what I immediately thought was that she the boat had run out of fuel. But that's a good point to go back and check on my second watch, which I'm clearly going to have a second watch. Yeah, for um, sure. And then she sits and eats the burger and that's, that seems very pointed as well, which, you know, could very well just tie into the theme of, you know, her, her freedom. But I wonder why we had that scene about the beef. Like what, what purpose did that have in the movie? If it wasn't to tie back to her eating the burger. Well, for me, two things. First, it feels like if her eating the burger was significant in that way and she she wasn't getting away, then it means that the the last bit of the very last bit of the movie and nothing else is like the result of an unreliable narrator. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm. we're not told that's happening. But everything else is very honest and direct and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that that doesn't make sense to me you know it just feels like like what is the thing it's like a gun not fired right like they put something out into the movie and where does it connect to something the other thing about about the question mm -hmm. about the you know about the whole conversation was really about the inane question do you know what i'm saying for me it was it it was because in the service industry, you do get a bunch of inane questions from people about any number of subjects. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Having to do with sure. booze or food or hard rock or whatever, you know? And so that was just, to me, 
deepening the theme and establishing the theme when it was going on. That, yeah, I guess. And, go ahead, Philip. And and she shuts the engine off. I just watched it again. I, did she? I, oh, okay, good. Yeah, like the, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, did it run out of gas or something? And the second time okay. I watched it last night, I was like, oh, she shut it off. So I just double checked. Okay. Yeah, she just shuts. That's it off. good to know. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I just think my- it's like I noted that that scene as well. Like when we first did it, we were spending a lot of time in this, like you know, meat barn. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I meat was barn. like, I was noticing the amount of time and care we were doing there, and so I thought, like, because I didn't know exactly how the movie was going to play out yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if like someone was going to end up in there and die some horrible death in there. Yeah. Um. But I, I think I'm with I'm with Justin on this that it's like by the end it seemed that it was just a it was it was another kind of hint at like what was driving them to do this by how yeah by how flippant these people were being yeah um in regards to like how important it is to take care of the food in this way right um, I and want- them being all flippant about it and so I was I so I'm kind of with Justin on that one because it's like yeah. I don't want to I don't want to like really I don't want to take away the survival of Erin no yeah I don't either this. I don't, don't want to take that away from her she earned it and I think that it I think if it's yeah. like oh she dies from like food poisoning I know no. And it, yeah. it also that would also not, not only that. would it undermine Aaron's because she I mean she demonstrated this deep understanding of him and what yeah. was going on in yeah. making her escape. So it would undermine that. And it would also undermine Ray Fine's acceptance and will letting her go. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. those are the key moments of the finale and like for those to be undone those away it would be very nihilistic yes you know and and if you're gonna be that nihilistic why not be that nihilistic and show her yeah Yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's not no it just doesn't people that feels to me like like nicholas holt asking about the tea or you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? It feels it to does, me like right? somebody yeah, online sure. is writing, you know, is trying to to you know, this is how much I know about stories. Yeah, exactly. I well, these things, but but also know? how much I'm paying attention. <laughs> you know? Well, but I'm going to continue to be that person in a way because I and I want to go back and watch the beginning, the progression as we go into the restaurant, because I think everything else in that little tour paid off for us. Like she, we see his house that he on, only, he goes into, etc. cetera. Um, so if I'm assuming, and then we see the, the, you know, the dorm room. And so we're, you but know, that doesn't really pay off. It's all set well, up. It, it pays off to, well, yeah, it pays off to in. Yeah, you're right. It's set up, but what it, I, I just still don't, quite get what that whole well the, the like, other... because i was very blatantly like you said lisa in that moment while the beef discussion was happening i remember thinking ah i'm picking up on i normally don't pick up on any kind of foreshadowing or signaling in a movie and i'm like oh yay okay i get this some but something's gonna happen with beef later on and this is them 
you know, well, showing it us does, again. I mean, it, I was going to say that it kind of, it, it does foreshadow in a way, just the sense that we're playing with life and death. And I think that's all it needs to for like, not specifically with beef, but just the fact that's the first time we talk about, uh, people that like you could die from eating food or you like, there's death involved in the story. And it's, that there's a theme. Um, and it comes back up again when Nicholas Holt is like being weird and like, uh, is talking about, you know, he works on the fringes of like of, of life and death, like with God and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you know, the, so it comes Which up. It was couple... also just a regurgitation of an interview that Julian had already given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. So, it, but it also, if in a way, because I'm fairly certain the host lied to him about what happens if you age it one more or one less day. Do you know what I'm saying? Aging beef is you you know like there are any number of days that you could do that it doesn't really like i don't think one day either in either direction is going to make a difference so but (laughs) having been someone in a restaurant who flat out lied in response to a stupid question (laughs) do you know what i'm saying yeah like i you know as a way of showing my demonstrating for myself my contempt for the people do you know (laughs) like i bought that yeah To say that that whole scene was a setup, not only for the story and like the asshole characters, but absolutely a great setup for the Elsa character. Yeah. For her whole thing. Oh my God. Her whole whole tortilla moment was quite, I like, I was Thank you for bringing that up. I love that. Where she says, what is this? It's a, and she says tortilla and she says it with the accent. She says it with the the thumb roll and everything. Tortilla. Tortilla. And I was like, oh my God. Tortilla delicioso. She was phenomenal. And I didn't realize I didn't so connect that she was the character. She was in the Watchmen. She was the um, Lady True or whatever oh. in the Watchmen until after. And I looked at the the castle scene. But yeah, I she and Ray Fiennes. Well, everybody in this movie. Great. Like uh, Nicholas Holt never gets enough attention, and he yeah. was great he was in this so movie. He was good in so good. In, like, he was everybody. so contemptible. Was so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was I mean, so annoying from the from the get go. Yeah, he was so good. Perfectly terrible. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and we've we've talked about how like prestige it is to get Ray Fiennes to be in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. this like horror satire movie. Janet McTeer. We've been. She, mm. I love her. She's yeah. amazing, and she was just you know everybody was really really good in this. But yeah, I. I particularly loved Elsa. Like just everything she was doing was so great. To the very end where it was <sighs> like, she felt in that, in her final kind of like moment that she needed to make it clear that yes. he never told her about the barrel. Yeah. yeah. That was not a mistake she made. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I, I love think- that that last detail was like, I can't die yeah. Without you knowing that I didn't make a mistake. Right. Which yep. which says something very important about her character as well. She is not one of the other cult minions. She is not she is not unwilling to throw him under the bus. She is there because she is she has made a a, a worship out of her own performance and her own perfection as well. And yeah, it just there's so much to go back and watch on second and third and fourth viewings of this movie. I love it. It's really good. Oh goodness. Anything else? Any other hot takes? Um, people you want to talk I, about? I did have a hot take or two. That's the... rolled through my head now. Well, I'll just say this because I'm really happy that so many things, so many casts, so many projects 
are just n- normally and naturally diverse now. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And this mm-hmm. is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that. But it also struck me because, you know, my wife is Mexican and we notice this a lot now that you see a lot more Asians, you see a lot more Middle Easterners, you see a lot more black folks. You don't see as many Latinos on screen, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not, don't... not one of the finance dudes, bros, is white. white. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's it. But here's the thing. Not one of the finance bros is white, but their boss was. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and so I, I did take that yeah, as, yeah. you know these sure. three sellouts you know what i'm saying like <laughs> Which, i think them not being white was very intentional yeah. now that you bring uh, that up i have to throw out here because we are the hannibal people i i had some really interesting moments of like i mean obviously this is about food and it's about a character that very much emulates the aesthetic and the the critique of art and like this is a very hannibal character ray finds who would also is connected to the hannibal universe anyway but all of that being said but the mo the the whole angel wings thing with mm. the the mm. the right. investor boss sure. Sure, that. that pinged me like really hard i was like oh wow um, that's there- there's that's some really dramatic. nice really nice edits too like when he gets his finger cut off and then they cut to hit, uh a Nick Holt cutting into the uh, the the marrow looking thing oh, at the yeah. same time. You know, there's some nice edits like that as well. Yeah. Everybody uh, got a finger from yeah. the 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 guy who blew <laughs> his head the, off yeah, too, yeah. and they're in the oh, to go. Yeah, yeah, which was amazing. I love that. Uh, no, no, they got a finger from the guy who was dunked in the water. I thought. Yeah, they got a finger oh, from, from the, him. Yeah, from yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, can I just say? Yeah. Can I just say? I thought he was going to get slingshotted up, not lowered into the water. I thought he was going to get That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, see, that would have been in the Will Ferrell version, I think. Um, uh, no, I was like, this person only has one line in the movie, and it killed me. The, the, the mother character, when they were putting oh, Nicholas oh, yeah. in the in the cook outfit, and she goes, very handsome boy. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, that's her one line. She's like, I. There's so many moments like at, oh. uh, in this film that bring me great joy. Like I, I. Th- there's that line in the movie where it's like, um, where she's telling him, "I don't see this being made with love. I see it being made with obsession." And there's so much joy in this movie. Uh, it's such a like, yeah. It's such a wonderful little thing uh, to to be a part of. In, in seeing somebody else's creation mm-hmm. it's that level of my, joy my hot take is that a proper you know well made burger has onions and pickles on it which is what he did lettuce and tomato is for rookies not that I'll you know take it off but onions and pickles that's some classic shit and I was super also, I was like yes the American cheese yes yeah. Yeah. I don't want your cheddar I don't want your blue cheese none of that shit's right American cheese, no substitutes. Yes. And now you know why, because uh, he's explained it to you. I have my moments. I have my moments when I want something besides American cheese. There are blue cheese moments for a burger when I'm like, I want grilled onions, mushrooms, and blue cheese. I want that. that you know, I, I do see a burger as a, you know, canvas on which things can be done. But, sure. but, but if we're talking a about classic a classic burger, yes, agree. We're talking about then, when you want a classic cheeseburger. Yes. American there cheese. Is no other cheese but American yes, cheese. You're absolutely right. It has to be um, in there. That you you have to have that sharpness to listen to us talking about the food and how things have to be to be really good at the end of watching this and discussing it. 
listen. It's just like you have to have provolone listen, and a hoagie. We all we all love this shit. Yeah, we do. Like I, we all I, love things that are well crafted. Yes. Y'all, yes. y'all the, the, with this with this hamburger dialogue where he says, uh, this I'm gonna make the type of burger your parents could barely afford. And oh, yeah. she's like, How much will that set me back? Not $9.95. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. that whole like thing just make again. I'm just this movie makes me so fucking happy, guys. <laughs> it was y'all, so good. I'm, it makes me so fucking happy thinking about all the moments in this movie. I'm like, I'm happy right yeah. now, just thinking. I want to, I want to turn it on again and watch it again. I would love to know how many drafts this script went through. I would love to know. I would love to see how, how it changed. Yeah. I would love to, yeah. to be more in tune with the making of this film because it's a really well crafted well, film. It is. I well, like there's... just based on like the you know the Wikipedia page that exists for it so far, mm-hmm. which I just took a glance at today because I watched this movie all of like I don't know five nights ago. So I was like, let me refresh with like <laughs> exactly the order of things. Um, but it was like one of the writers like went to one of these types of restaurants like on his honeymoon and that's where the initial inspiration came from and it was on an island and everything and he was was on it like it was in norway on an island like whole thing um and then also originally emma stone was cast in the anya taylor joy role Mm -hmm. um, but dropped out because of other commitments and i was like oh i think that would have it would have felt different yeah with yeah. her not better not or worse, necessarily worse. Just yeah. she would yeah. brought something different yeah um but it's like i think it's it's just right the way it is you know yeah. it's one of those just right movies also mm-hmm. maybe not a tight 90 but i will accept a tight 100 and that's what that runtime was yeah yeah so yeah. much obliged mm-hmm. keeping it sweet like that right i mean again this was a movie that is primarily like we have one really or maybe two vigorous action sequences, right? Like the, the guys running through the wood and then Air, or Margot and Elsa having their knife fight slash frying cooking pan, for, uh, whatever. Um, it it It's just people in a room kind of just talking. We go from one conversation to the next and just kind of this little like round table of stuff. It could have been very dull in lesser hands Mm. anyway my last hot take very small thing um because much was made of in in its moment of john leguizamo's character's name but we never learn his actual full name and in the credits he's not even listed as his name character is not named it says movie star (laughs) you know which kind of works well with chef you know even though we get the chef's name yeah. like everyone just calls him chef and that was his identity and i really thought that was an interesting choice yeah mm-hmm. yeah well my final hot take is that and i think my other um host philip and lisa will probably agree with me that if justin had been at one of these tables being served by chef he would have been served like the essence of banana, like just a plate with a <laughs> with a with the you know like the the breadless plate with the the little drops of stuff uh, that how yeah did like we it would get just here. Been... <laughs> if we're gonna punish how Justin, give not, him a banana flavored. How stuff. could we not get there without you know? Because like... I thought I, I literally thought at one point I thought if I went to some chef's like tasting thing 
and there was a banana thing, I would just eat the banana thing as much as I hate it mm-hmm. because I, <laughs> you know, as much just to experience it and be like, okay, you know, this this artist is giving sharing with me. Let me take it all in, you know. And I forgot that you hated bananas. I hate. forgot until this very moment that you hated yes. bananas. I, I, I probably put it out of my head because I'm like, that's ridiculous. Who hates bananas? <laughs> They're magical. <laughs> exactly. And and I literally just I'm sorry, but in the like in the scene with the the not bread plate, oh, yeah. the, the bread not bread oh, plate. So when they bad. brought it out and I looked at it, I'm like, I wonder if Justin would be okay with like one of those being banana. Like, would he <laughs> like does that change the experience for him? That's so this is how I feel like I feel like I have so to point obsession. out that my my niece, my 10-year-old niece, called me over the weekend for no other reason than to call me old and crusty. <laughs> for no other reason. She called me to call and and I feel like Claire and my niece have something going on it's so, I feel oh like, you know, like this is how this is how much this podcast and our discussions have bled over into my life as well <laughs> that and the fact that my husband who is a classic like he will not eat anything that has had like a, a leaf of lettuce next to it or and he hates pickles and like when we order burgers speaking of the cheeseburger I, don't, I think he would have eaten this burger. I'm not sure though, because he will go into the fanciest Fufui's place and they've just got specialty burgers. And he'll say, I want this burger, but take all of the things that make it that burger. And I just want, take them off. And I just want bun, cheese, meat, bun. That's all I want. No sauce, nothing else on it. He does that all the time. It's the one like bane of my existence going to public places. <laughs> and through the whole movie, my husband was like, "Oh no, I wouldn't eat that." No, you wouldn't eat that. Of course, you wouldn't eat that. Oh, anyway. Oh my goodness. So that that's the menu, guys. We loved it. Um, yeah, we did. Goodness, so much fun. Um, please go watch it. Enjoy it. Tell us what you well, think. Hopefully you've watched it at this point, I hope. Yeah, hopefully it's watched. Yeah, if, if you're hearing me say it now, sorry. Yes, it, go watch it, please. Don't. Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, we're going to sign off now. Uh, before we go, though, um, thank you very much for listening. And we want to let you know some exciting news. We are going to be live at the Natural History Museum first Fridays event in Los Angeles on February 3rd, which is coming up very quickly. All of a sudden it feels like anyway, um, check out their website, which is nhm.org. Um, follow us on social media for all of the details. Plus you can check out our expanding catalog of conversations wherever you get your podcast and know that we will actually be beginning our long discussed, long teased, long alluded to, not even alluded to just outright telling you that we're going to do it for week after week after week um our deep dive into david lynch and mark frost's twin peaks with our podcast series that gum you like um and there will be more pop-ups whenever we feel like it so it's just our whim and you know whimsy 
There we go. Um, really, the best thing you can do to stay up to date is follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media or wherever you get your podcast and join our newsletter at popsiclepod.com. And remember, that's P O P S K L P O D. Bon appetit. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production. With pickles and onions. <laughs>